Uh, we're moving into a, um, a new series. And the uh, title of the series is Suffer to Reign. What's the name? What's the title of the series? Suffer to Reign. Uh, our first scripture is going to come from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. It reads, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So right off the bat, the scripture is telling us, and in this series, we're going to talk about suffering to reign. How many of y'all know everybody wants to reign? Everybody wants to rule. <laughs> everybody wants to dominate. Everybody wants the anointing. Everybody wants the power. Everybody wants the blessings. Everybody wants the riches, the wisdom, but nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. And we're not talking about a suffering from doing wrong. We're talking about a suffering from living right. Ah. Ah. I heard y'all in the spirit. Y'all said, ah. You know how you drink? Why do people do that? Never mind. Let me not go there. Let me not start. If we suffer, we will reign with him. Now, to reign means to possess superior honor, liberty, blessedness with one kingdom, with one in the kingdom of God. Let me read that again. To reign means to reign together. So it's not a thing where we're reigning by ourselves. It means to reign together with him. It means to possess superior honor, superior liberty, superior blessedness with one in the kingdom of God. Mm. This is why the father told us that he seated us at the right hand. We're seated at the right hand. I know we think that, we, you know, the Bible says, uh, um, well, I ain't going to say the Bible says, we say that we have a mansion when we get to heaven. And it's not, we're not waiting to heaven to get what the father wants for us. All right, he wants us to reign now. When Jesus said to his disciples, he let them know that I have to go to prepare a place that where I am, you may be also. And we think he's talking about heaven. He's not talking about heaven. The place that he prepared for us was at the right hand of the father. That's why he said he raised us up so we will be seated together with Christ in heavenly places. He went to the Father so that we can be seated in a place of honor. He went to the Father so that we can be seated in a place of splendor, so that we could have the glory, so that we can be as he, the Bible says, as he is, so are we right now in this world. He didn't go to heaven, and right now they're up there constructing and building homes for you. The reason I say that is because he, he spoke and the earth came. <laughs> so all of a sudden now he got to construct. No, the place that he wants you seated is at, the, at his right hand. He wants us in a place of honor, but in order for us to do it, we have to, we're going to suffer some things. Now, in this whole series, now, we ain't talking about the religious suffering of you're going to be broke, you're going to be sick. No, we're not talking about that. Your bill's going to be paid, you're going to be healthy, but there's some things that's going to come up against you. It's some opposition. And that opposition is going to be to test your faith. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come to see where you are. You say, I love the Lord, but we're going to see. 
He says, if we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So he don't want us to deny the suffering. How do we deny him? In suffering. When we don't want to suffer. To suffer means to remain. It means to abide. It means to persevere under misfortune and trials to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. It means to endure, to bear bravely and calmly to be ill-treated. So you mean to tell me that disrespectful boss of yours is in the spirit? Yeah. The test is for you. It ain't for your boss. We need to know, are you um, a Nepios, a Pation, a Technon, a Nanisco, or a Weos? And blessings don't prove that. <laughs> now, the title of the teaching today, y'all going to love it. Y'all read it for me. What's, what's the title of the teaching for today? Growing pains. Growing pains. How many of y'all know it hurt to grow? Growing pains. So the title of the series is Suffer to Reign. The title of today's teaching is Growing Pains. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, and we're going to go all the way to verse 11, 12. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Now, in chapter 3, Paul was expressing to them, Pastor, that we have a glorious ministry. He was expressing to them that the ministry that we have, it has to be glorious because the Old Testament ministry had glory in it. And he was letting them know that if that ministry of the Old Testament had glory in it, then surely this ministry of the Spirit has glory in it. If the letter had glory in it, then the Spirit has glory. And so he starts off. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, a glorious ministry, okay, a wonderful ministry, a ministry where we reveal the Father. We're not just revealing the Father with our mouth. We're revealing the Father with our life. We're not just revealing the Father with our mouth. It ain't an invitation. The ministry of reconciliation is a lifestyle that makes people want what you have. He said, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame. Not walking in trickery nor distorting the word of God, but by the open proclamation of the truth, commending ourselves to every person's conscience in the sight of God. He said, this is how we did ministry. When you looked at our life, you can see that the that God was, that Father was working in our life. It wasn't just lip service. Verse 3, he says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So he's saying if our gospel is hidden, it's only hidden because people can't see. It's only hidden to those who can't see in the spirit. He said if our gospel is hidden, it's only hidden to those who are veiled. They don't have Christ in them. They're not children of God. In the Old Testament, the reason why they sacrificed animals was because the animals, the instinct of animals correlated or it was one with their appetite. In the New Testament, we're the sacrifice. In the, New, in the Old Testament, we put, they put animals on the altar 
to sacrifice him to him because it correlated or what it did was it described their nature. They had animal instincts. All they did was respond to whatever went on in their life. Whatever their appetite was, they ate. That's why in this, in, a, in, a, in, in today, he's not destroying entire cities with people in it like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. Because now people can actually come to Christ and change. In the Old Testament, they could not come to Christ. They could not change. That's why it was a lot of bloodshed. So once you went bad, we had to get rid of you. We got to get rid of you. There was no redemption. There was no ministering to you to get you out of that. Quick joke. Is this time for a joke? <laughs> I was watching a comedian. And he was talking about how overseas, when you steal something, they cut your hand off. He said, you got two times to get some good stuff. <laughs> he said, after that, you'd be stealing donuts. That's how harsh the law was. The moment you did it, it had to be dealt with. It wasn't no repent. He said, turn from your wicked ways. So he says, if our gospel is hidden, if the good news is veiled, it's only veiled to those who are perished, meaning they have not accepted the son. My proof, verse four. It says, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they would not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Verse 5, he says, For we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as bond servants on account of Jesus. So he said, we don't talk about ourselves. We don't grab this mic to tell you about our life. We're not preaching about our escapades and our endeavors and the things that we did to prove anything to you about God. Everything we talk to you about is about Christ Jesus. It's about the sacrifice that he did on the cross. It's about what the Father wanted before the foundation of the world. In which I constantly tell y'all, the only reason why this Bible exists is because God wants to be your father. God wants to be your father. The Bible exists because God wants to be a father. The Bible exists because God wants to be a father. The Bible does not exist because God wants to be God. He was God all by himself. He did not need to create humans to make him feel good. He's not narcissistic. Everything he did, he did for us. This was for a relationship. This wasn't for a church service. This wasn't so we could gather around the altar and tell him how great he is. No, he wants you to know how great you are. And until you hear that, you don't hear a father. That's the problem. We hear God, but we don't hear a father. We don't hear him telling us how great we are. We don't hear him telling us how, he, how much he loves us. How much, watch this. He appreciates us. We hear our faults. We hear when we do something wrong, loud and clear. You know what that means? We're not, we're not completely converted. Verse 6. It says, for God who said... Light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Here we go. So after all that explanation, him letting, us, letting them know, we have this glorious ministry. We have this wonderful ministry, Renee. He's blessed us. Power, authority, inheritance, the kingdom, all of that is ours. Amen. It belongs to us. Jesus died so we could have it. But there's another side to it. How many of y'all like Sherbert? 
many of y'all like sherbet? Y'all like sherbet? Y'all don't like sherbet? You love sherbet? I love sherbet. Life ain't sherbet. Okay? Life ain't sherbet. All right? It's not sherbet. <laughs> sherbet is, I love sherbet, but I can't, life ain't sherbet every day. Verse 7 says, but we, say we, we. Family. family, us, we, but we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power, so, so that the extraordinary greatness of the power would be of God and not of ourselves. So he lets us know that, look, what's in you is of God. He says you have a treasure you have a treasure in that earthen vessel. Christ in you is the hope of glory. The seed of Christ is there. The DNA of God is in you. Your heavenly father's DNA is in you. He says, because he said, but we have a treasure in the earthen, in this earthen container so that the extraordinary greatness of the power. So with this treasure that's contained in us, he said, there's extraordinary greatness of power, but the power is of God. The power is his, and it is, it's not from us. It's not our talents. It's not from our gifts. It's not from our abilities. So it has to be worked in you. It has to be worked in you. He wants it to eventually, Javon, become our life. Not a moment. That's why I'm telling you, church is bigger than, this lifestyle is bigger than a church service. It's bigger than the church service. This is where you come to learn. This is where you come to grow. But the action happens out there. The action happens in your household. The action happens on your job when you are alone by yourself. And this is what he's trying to work in us. Y'all ready? So there's four levels of suffering. Verse 8. Reverse seven. He says, but we have, a tr we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power mm, will be of God and not of ourselves. Verse eight, he says, we are afflicted in every way, <laughs> but not crushed. We are perplexed. Y'all looking like I don't want to go. No, don't do this. We are perplexed but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but you're not destroyed. Four levels of suffering here. He says you're afflicted, you're perplexed, you're persecuted, and you're struck down. Now, this is the way that as a spiritual leader, I have to lead you. Because somebody will come to me and say, Apostle, I'm being afflicted. <laughs> Meaning, you're being pressed upon very hard. You're being troubled. You're distressed. And I have to tell you, you're being afflicted, but you're not being crushed. This, what's going on right now with you, it ain't spiritual bondage. The father has not abandoned you. He has not left. You're still his child. Then somebody will come to me and say, I'm perplexed. Meaning that you are without resources. You ever been there? Left without. Left wanting. To be perplexed means you don't know what to do and you don't know how to do it. And I have to tell you, I understand you're perplexed, but whatever you do, don't let it go over into despair. Being perplexed should not take you over into despair. Despair means that you're despondent, you're hopeless. Then somebody might come to me and say, I'm being persecuted. Well, so is Jesus. 
Persecuted means that you are being harassed. Somebody harassed you? You ever been harassed? It means you're not being treated fairly. It means somebody's molesting your mind. It means that you're being, you're troubled. And I have to tell you, that don't mean you abandoned. Persecution does not mean abandonment. It's growing pains. And I would tell you, keep practicing righteousness. <laughs> and you'll roll your eyes and you'll walk away because you're not trying to hear that. Then somebody will come to me, Keenan, and they say, I've been struck down, meaning I just got some terrible news and it floored me. I got arrested for doing something I didn't even do. It's in the Bible. They got arrested for preaching. Paul got struck down. He got stoned for preaching. And they would tell me they struck down, and I would have to tell them, but you're not destroyed. Just because you've been struck down, it does not mean that you are destroyed. But what's going on here is growing pains. This is where sonship comes in. This is where we have to now work with the orphan spirit. Because as a nepios, that means you've just been born again, okay? And just because, and now that you've been born again, you're in the family of God, but you haven't quite grasped the fact that God's your father. You haven't quite grasped that there's a kingdom that you're a part of. So you have to repent, change the total way you're thinking. You haven't got that yet. You won't get that till you become a patteon. When you become a patteon, you know God your father. You know that there's a kingdom, but now the battle is humility. Now I got to empty myself out to be a child. Now I got to empty myself out to seek him. Then you go into technon. When you're a technon, you're a little humble. You know who your father is. You understand the kingdom. But now, you hit an age where you feel like I need to emancipate my mind away from the family because my destiny is more important than everything else. You know, if you got teenagers, if you don't know, <laughs> it's a time when you're a teenager, it's when you want to emancipate your mind because you, you, want to, you want to think for yourself. It happens in ministry. I know when somebody's at the technon level because they want their destiny and they don't think that they can have it up under authority. But when you hit the Nanisco level, which is the young man level, you begin to realize I can have my destiny and still do community. I can have my destiny and still have authority. Matter of fact, my destiny is in safer hands under authority. And then when you hit the weos level, you fall in love with co-laboring. You fall in love with doing the Father's will. You don't let nothing, no way, no how stop you. But to get there, how many of y'all know it's going to be some growing pains? It's going to be some growing pains. The reason why is because, uh-oh, it's the time between affliction and knowing that I'm not cr being crushed is where I can measure my growth. I'm going to read that again. It is the time between affliction and knowing that I'm not being crushed is where I can measure my growth. If I'm afflicted and I sit in it for six months, if I'm afflicted and I sit in it for two years, that's letting me know that the kingdom has not took hold. 
It's the time between being perplexed and a light bulb popping on that just because I'm perplexed does not mean that I'm hopeless. And this is where I measure my growth. You measure your growth in the soul on how fast you respond to the word at any given moment. Growing pains. It's the time in between when I have been persecuted and I realize that this does not mean that Abba has abandoned me. This is how I measure my growth. It is the time in between being struck down and not associating it with being destroyed that I can measure my growth. Because the truth of the matter is, you won't always feel God. You won't always feel anointed. You won't always feel powerful. You won't always feel like praying. But how you feel, well, how you feel can change how you think should never. That's why Paul said, he said, when I was a child, he said, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. He said, but when... I became a man when I matured. Wait, where did, the, where, 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 where did the growth take place at? How I spoke. It took place on how I thought. It took place on how I reasoned. I used to talk myself out of coming to church. I used to reason myself out of coming to church. Most people in here, they, they. I used to talk myself out of fasting. A little headache. What do I got to do today? Uh, I can't do it today because I talk, I reason my way out of prayer. I reason myself from under authority. I find a reason not to do it this way. That's an immature mind. When I was young, I spoke a certain way. When I talked, I talked about certain things. But as I matured, certain things just, just don't come out of my mouth no more. When you're a baby, profanity should still be there. As you mature, it should leave. How you think about yourself, how you think about the body of Christ, how you think about your children, about your spouse, all that changes. But you know what? It's only going to change during growing pains. Because Jesus was afflicted. Cat of nine tails. Crown of thorns. Did he quit? Jesus was perplexed. He was in the garden of Gethsemane. He don't know what to do with his will. <laughs> he made a mature decision. Nevertheless, let your will be done. He was struck down. Paul was struck down. How do you get stoned, Kirby? Stoned, stoned, stoned. Die, your partners come resurrect you and you get back up and go preach. Shouldn't you go home and go to sleep? I mean, don't we need a vacation after that? Peter just got out of jail. They went right back in the city preaching. Surely I need a vacation after that. I need a, it's a reason why I. Jesus was persecuted. He said, if they persecuted me, surely they're going to persecute you. And then he said, persecution brings blessing. Blessed are you if you, if you endure persecution. Told you when I was in Nigeria, Bishop Ojedepo told us, he said, build yourself a persecution. 
build yourself a persecution. If you're going to carry the weight and glory of your heavenly father, he, you better build yourself a persecution because Satan coming, he bringing his witches, he bringing his warlocks, he bringing his comments, he bringing his music, he bringing everything he can to bring you from being a, 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 a mature child of God to bring you down to a nepios. It's growing pains. Recovery time, recovery time reveals true insight into who has you. I know y'all don't believe me. So y'all know me, right? I got scriptures, receipts, documentations. Look what he said, verse 9. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, he said, always carrying about around in the body the dying of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So you mean I'm going through afflictions so that the dying of Jesus can be revealed in my body. I'm going through persecution. He said, he said always carrying around in, in the body. You're always carrying around in your body the death of Jesus. Humility, honor, obedience, glory. We're always carrying that around in us. This is why Jesus said, you got to lose a life to gain a life. But the process between losing a life and gaining a life is affliction, is persecution, is being perplexed, is not knowing, is not understanding. And all you have to rely on is what? The word. What did he say? What did he say? That's why I told you, your prophetic gifts, that's not your voice. That's not your maturity. Hearing prophetically is not hearing in the spirit. Hearing prophetically is not hearing in the spirit. It's hearing in the gift of the spirit for ministry. Your ear is only as good as your word time. Your prayer life. Your obedience to the word. We all hear him say, stop, no, don't. <laughs> it's the growing pains to recovery ratio. How long do it take you? Okay. Y'all talking to yourself. How long does it take you? How long does it take you to snap back into reality? For you to realize that I am for you and not against you. That if I deliver my son up for you, I will give you all things freely. How long does it take for it to snap into you that no weapon formed against you will prosper? I would never leave you or forsake you. The cattle on a thousand hill belong to me and I'm your father. How long does it take for you to recover? For you to, to get right back in alignment. This lets you know where you are spiritually. You ain't got to analyze nobody else. This lets you know where you are. The moment, the moment Satan says something, Jesus says something. <laughs> Satan says something, Jesus says something. Satan said something, Jesus said something. And he didn't say, I know. He said, it is written. Okay, which it, he, he didn't say it's in the Bible. He didn't say what well, the Bible says. No, it wasn't no Bible. He said, it is written, meaning this is what's on my heart. I only do what my father tell me to do. I don't hear a voice of a stranger. 
This is how we can recognize our maturity. But in the process of you going through it, I got to let you know, they just growing pains. He's stretching your faith. He's saying, do you really believe? Are you ready for that ministry? Are you ready for a spouse? Are you ready for the millions and billions that was prophesied to you? Because the prophecy came, but you didn't think you had to grow to get it. That's why I, talk, that's why I don't like prophets. Because they tell you things and you start to think that's your reality and you, don't, you, you get the foresight, but you don't want insight. You think the prophecy means you don't need to be taught. You, don't, you think the prophecy means it's automatic and you ain't got to labor to enter into this. But the thing about it is he's not going to give you anything that you can't sustain. If you can't sustain it, he's not going to give it to you. If you don't have a prayer life now, stop asking because it ain't happening. Growing pains. And you're going to ask and you ain't going to get it. You're going to be frustrated and then you're going to hear apostle tell you, you need to practice righteousness. You're going to go for it. And if it don't happen, you're going to think he ain't with you. No, it's not that he ain't with you. You're not mature enough to have it. And that's okay. Say, that's okay. I just need to grow up. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why you have to kill this. Look, I'm warned against, the, the, I'm warned against mindsets that just want to go to heaven. I'm preaching and teaching against ministries that, that, and where people just want to lead the planet. They don't want the assignment. They don't want to dominate. The Bible said that he has, he has made everything subject to us. The creation groaning, waiting for children. Not nepios. He's waiting for children, somebody that can take an insult. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. I promise you, if you are a member of this church, I promise you I'm going to rebuke you. I promise you I'm going to rebuke you. On purpose. Sometimes you ain't going to do nothing wrong. I'm going to rebuke you. Because I need to see. Before I give you a stage, how well is your ear, your hearing? Is it only good when I let you do what you want? How are you when I say no, stop, don't? See, when this happens, how long does that voice resonate in your mind? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know my kids do. So he said always caring about around in the body, the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be also revealed in our body. So the growing pains is so his life can be revealed in our body. So just like he denied himself, picked up his cross and followed, you do it too. He said, if you deny me, I'm going to deny you. So you got a choice to make. You can deny yourself or you can deny him. You can't have both. You can't. And sometimes we think denying him is denying ourselves. This has to be done because he don't want a bunch of children that all you want is, is his hand. All you want is his hand. You want the blessings, but you don't want no assignment. <laughs> he didn't restore them. He restored the, the relationship so we can maintain it. 
look, if we to get this life, there's gonna be an exchange. You're gonna give your life if you get this. It's gonna be noticeable. I know we want notoriety. I know we want influence, but first, he wants your life. And the thing about it is, it's an obvious exchange. I would want to, if, if you knew the God of this world, the creator of life, said, look, I got a life for you in which I got abundant blessings. The blessings are so much that eye hasn't heard, uh, 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 eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the mind. And then you got this life over here where you got to work 40 hours a week. You got to make everything happen yourself. He's just asking you, I got a predestined life for you. I already purposed it. I got provision lined up and everything for it. What you going to do? Are you going to exchange it? But in the exchange is growing pains. Losing your will is tough. It's hard. But it makes sense when you see what's on the other side. There will be an exchange. And I, as, a, as, a, as a, a, a leader, I love watching it. <laughs> My wife be like, such and such, such and such. Oh, they be okay. They be okay. I don't have time. Look, oh, I can't say that. Because I already know what, never mind. Verse 11. Yeah. For we, say we. For we who, who live are what? Read what that word say? That C word. Constantly. For we who live are constantly being handed over to death because of Jesus. Constantly. Every day of your life, you are a lamb going to the slaughter. Somebody going to insult you to see if your mind can stay quiet. Somebody going to steal your money. Somebody going to do something to try to resurrect that old man. And all the father want to see is, where are you? I had somebody came over, one of my family members came over and, and was stealing from me and my wife. And I wanted to ban them. Oh my God, I wanted to act a plum fool. And the father said to me, what's more important, the stuff or them? What's more important, the, 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 the money? They stole money, they stole shoes, they stole phones. Own family. And he said, what's more important, them or that stuff? I can get that stuff. I can get you more of that stuff. Well, I'll just ban them from my house. Did you hear what I just said? What's more important, them? Because we, we try to reason it. Come on now. I ain't going to beat them up. But they can't come to my house no more. Nope, same thing. You're inflicting a consequence on something that was on a test that was set up for you. The test was for you. His commodity is people. He died for people, not stuff. So he says, for we who live, we are constantly being handed over to death. We are constantly being handed over, kingdom, to die in the flesh. Somebody got to say, I ain't going to, nope, I'm going to stay right here. Constantly. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen when you leave today. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen Monday. It's going to happen Tuesday. It's going to happen. Somebody going to call you. They're going to say something. And all I want you to think about is what does the word say? Because that's all he cared about. It's, all, it's about the word becoming flesh. The word has to become flesh. When the word becomes flesh, it dwells amongst people and they see the glory. But how is glory extracted? Uh, 
pressure. How do we get, how do we get juice out of orange? I know we love orange juice, but nobody want to be the orange. We love anointing, but nobody want to be the olive. We love glory, but nobody wants to be the, the, the grape. Nobody wants to be the wine. Nobody wants to have pressure applied until there's nothing left. Nobody wants that. He said, for we who, for we who live are constantly being handed over to death because of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in your mortal body. So just, it ain't nothing different. Pharisees gonna, Sadducees, the government, everybody attacked him. Jesus' family didn't believe in him. All these growing pains are happening so that the life of Jesus can be revealed in your mortal body. You're not going to just be able to say this. This is the lifestyle. Verse 12. I'm, I'm done. Y'all don't need no more. Y'all got it. Growing pains. You can't grow without adversary, without an adversary. You can't grow without adversity. You can't get better without an opponent. Your faith needs to be stretched. So that means sometimes you won't have. Because we need to see is you have the same, is the mind of Christ there when you don't have? Or is the mind of Christ there? It's just that when you got it, we need to see it. He need to see it. Then verse 12 says something that made me want to slap myself. It says, so death works in us, but life in you. So Paul is telling them, Terry, that we went through this already. We died to this, and the preaching of this is bringing life to you. So the growing pains are the cycle of spiritual life. You died to live. You died to live. But the other part is this, is that you got to stay dead. You got to stay dead in order to give life. This is why he wants your fruit to remain. They have to remain. This ain't seasonal. This ain't, I overcame this hurdle, but next time I go through it again, it's okay to fail it. No, your fruit needs to remain. Love needs to be constant. It don't matter. People are going to do some egregious things to you. They're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to lie on you. It's crazy how the Pharisees and the Sadducees got together. Don't even like each other. But they got together to foil Jesus' story. <laughs> Which means your enemies, people who don't even like you gonna come together just to oppose you. Family members ain't never talked to each other. They gonna talk about you. <laughs> so death works in us but life in you. And that's what we're trying to do now, okay? The Bible said that a teacher, the relationship between a teacher and a student is the teacher is always trying to bring the student to their level. A master is always trying to bring a slave to his level. You've seen Mortal Kombat when a guy, he wanted to go fight, he said, first beat me. I know when you're ready for ministry. <laughs> First defeat me. So what I'm doing is this. I'm trying to kill y'all 
So when y'all die, we can work together to kill more people. <laughs> it don't sound good in the natural, but it do in the spirit. All right. I was talking about in the spirit. You just got to say that. They have you on, you know, they have a snippet. Well, you said y'all was trying. No, we ain't. No, we trying to kill. I can't say that either. You can't say flesh, can you? I mean, well, we can say what we want to say. We run the planet. That's what the process is. I'm, ha I'm not telling y'all to come to church because I want to see y'all, but I do want to see y'all, okay? I'm telling you to come to church so you can die. Because you can't tell me people praying and God saying, just stay home today. I want you to come to church so you can die. I want you to come to church so you can die. So you can die to sin. So you can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to die in church. You're going to die in church. <laughs> you come to Divine Generation Church, you're going to die. <laughs> this word going to crucify your flesh. You're going to leave here and you're going to think, am I saved? I, did I accept him? Did I, really, did I accept him? Now, <laughs> huh? Who said it was still alive? Summer. Oh, Miles did. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Look, I'm closing. You can come up. You can come on. We gonna reign. Amen. Come on. We gonna reign. We gonna rule. We gonna dominate. But first, we gonna suffer. First, you gonna suffer. The Father gonna tell you to do it this way. You're not going to do it that way, and then this is going to happen, and you're going to learn. Look, I got seven more of these messages. When I tell you, y'all going to die to y'all flesh? Because the, Jesus said that the only way that a seed can bring life, it must first die. It must first fall to the ground and die. If the seed don't die, you can put a seed anywhere else. It's not going to work until it falls and it dies and it's buried. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word, Father.